everybody, and welcome to Game Studies Review. I'm so excited. We have such a weird, weird, weird episode for you tonight because guess what? I am not the naysayer tonight, but who is my buddy Cody Reimer? Oh, I'm Cody. not. I, well, that's that's maybe a bit, a bit harsh. I'm not I'm not the naysayer. I I just have some gaps that I want to talk about, some some quibbles uh for this important uh you know piece, and that that's all. I don't think naysayer is harsh, in my opinion. Well, naysayer suggests that I might find that the topic is, is, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Sure. We have an awesome topic. It's a great topic. It's a great topic. Uh, Tonight, we are talking about uh, an article published in New Media and Society, Brands Make a New 2021 uh, volume 2310. They publish every month. They publish a new journal or journal, uh, whatever. Well, uh, new media and society. I mean, I know we live in a society. <laughs> you know, can you even, isn't that like redundant now? Society is new media and it's certainly not new. Uh, the article is gendered moderation and moderating gender sexual content policies in Twitch's community guidelines written by Andrew Zalaitis. Is that so, how you pronounce it? Zolitis? Did you look it up? Because you 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 chose the article this week. So you're responsible for getting... Yeah, I Googled it. it. Yeah, there you go. I didn't Google it. Well, I Googled well, him, though. I wanted to see if he had a Twitter so we can tweet at him. He does He does have the Twitter. I know. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll introduce the article. Or no, wait. Are you going to introduce it? You got the summary up here. I mean, I, I just was filling it. in that as I read it to try to make sure I could keep a grip on what, what was going on. Uh, so Zelitis argues Twitch's sexism and misogyny isn't just a product uh, of its culture, but of its policy choices. And that's the entire article. Done. Easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 the it's hot tub Twitch, right? If you're familiar with that, the the complaints and um, outlash backlash outrage over um, Twitch's policies about what clothing is appropriate. Um, for for streamers and what's allowed and what's not allowed and how they enforce that policy by um you know their language choices and what their reporting protocols and everything like that uh the rest so you're of the telling me that like something happens in the gaming industry and then women were targeted no the gaming industry no wow. never gaming never yeah. never wow. in all the days uh twitch moderation quote is about creating privileged systems for cultural expression and economic success in the form of monetary benefits both direct subscriptions and tips and indirect advertisers and sponsors end quote and so the moderation um and how the policy informs moderation is tied up bound up with um privileged systems, but uh, not only um, expression and cultural capital, but, you know, actual you know, fiscal capital and financial gains. So men complaining about women on Twitch are arguing not just about representation, but about appropriation of resources and the discourse that led to the policy concerns, cultural legitimacy and economic viability. And that is exactly what this article is arguing yep. and, um, and observing. Yeah. And that and that main thread that you said from the beginning is really it's um, big crux, which is, yeah, the community is shitty, but these content uh, management policies uh, are setting the tone for that kind of toxicity. And it's sort of in a loop like they're, you know, Twitch. 
Twitch sits back and tries to position itself as having, oh no, this is, you all are free to do what you want. We're not, you know, we're not involved. And it's actually, and trying to protect the women being harassed ostensibly, but the way they're doing it is actually creating more. Yeah. I mean, emboldening for harassment of women. There's some, there's some really good stuff in here um, about how Twitch tries to position itself uh, so that, that it doesn't come across as a censor, but also then empowers like rampant misogyny through their policies for moderation by, yes. you know, in, in how they're trying to, um, to make those moves. So, and so usually Cody picks the articles. Uh, I picked this one, which if, <clears throat> Uh, you know me is should not be a surprise as my dissertation work was on company policies at video game companies so totally my jam and how they and mostly how they how they reify and reinforce um gender discrepancies in the industries uh themselves so super excited to read this lots of good contributions i think um, I'll just talk talk about a couple. Um, the the type of work that he's doing, which is looking at policies and holding companies accountable for the toxicity of their communities, and really digging in and analyzing um, the rhetoric and language of those policies to see how how they are culpable for um, the toxicity. Like that is key work. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done more. Love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Um, He's working to situate and legitimize the work on Twitch uh, and policies and things like that uh, in game studies itself. I think this is work that we should do more uh, of and yes. is what we bring to the table as academics, right? Like it's fun to write, um, you know, here's cool stuff you can learn in Hades because that's all I play now is Hades. Uh, but this <laughs> Uh, this is what we are good at or should be good at. So more of it. Yes. Uh, I've got a quote. Oh, no. Oh, you read one of my quotes. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, I thought this was a good one. This public facing explanation, which is Twitch's explanation of um, of its policies of platform moderation serves as an industry text worthy of investigation to better understand the role platform policies play in structuring of social entertainment economy and larger cultural politics. Um, so again, it's like this feedback loop where they're, but really positioning instead of, Oh, the, in the, the community is toxic. What are you going to do? You know, communities are going to community really the buck stops with Twitch, according to Zlitus. And he doesn't put a hundred percent like, Twitch didn't invent sexism in the gaming industry. Um, but but really saying these public-facing documents set the tone in cultural legitimacy and uh, cultural politics, excuse me, and social entertainment economy. So really influencing that there. Um, the strong connection to what's happening on Twitch and the capital money-making stuff, which isn't usually my area, my jam, but there's a ton of it. If you study the economics of gaming, uh, that this article is for you. So here's a quote for Twitch content moderation goes well beyond policing. What is appearing on screens. It is about creating privileged systems for cultural expression and economic success in the form of monetary benefits, both direct and indirect, um, which Cody read earlier. So, so if you, if you like that kind of stuff, there's all, it's all up in here. And, uh, I really liked the way he positioned what what Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, like what they bring to the table is the moderation 
Uh, they're not creating, you know, Twitch isn't creating any of these content streams that's all making money off of what we are doing either for free or not for free as users. Um, but positioning them as moderation is their entire purpose. So when Twitch steps back and says, oh, you know, come on, we we got this using the we uh, in, as in the example, you yeah. know, uh, that's really it's it really just uh, shows it as how disingenuous and and. Yeah, that's actually Tarleton Gillespie that Zelitis um, draws upon makes that point right heavily, that, which is which is which is awesome. great because that's it's an important point. I even like pulled out uh, Gillespie's quote on that yep. uh, because I liked it so much. Moderate and here's the quote: uh, Moderation is in many ways the commodity that mm-hmm. platforms offer. Uh, end quote. And because the sites don't want to be seen as policing through moderation, they avoid what Zelitis calls cultural liability by having users moderate. Like we don't, we're we're a pro free speech and you know anti censorship, and so you know we have to provide some moderation policy, but we're going to let you uh, kind of you know police it and enact it, and that lets us avoid being seen as the kind of uh, sensors. And so then when they say what should be policed through policies, what, how moderation should happen, um, they get to shirk all of the responsibility. That's right. Um, and That's right. when it inevitably goes wrong. Right. Right. So let's hear some gaps. So I was, I got like, I, I know the policy, right? Um, I know. I did not. I know because I followed some of the some of the hullabaloo about um, hot tub streaming in Twitch. I knew some of the some of the language that had changed, um, and I was incredibly frustrated that the article does just does not include any explicit indication of what changed. It's all inference and like sideways suggestion and like eyebrow wagging for more than two thirds of the way through the article. And even and when, they, when, even so... when he does get to it, there's like a few tiny quotes. I'm like, yep. Where, get the, get that in here. It, what it, the heck? It assumes that the reader is already familiar with the policy changes or that they're going to just leave in the middle of the article and go look that up. Like I, why am I having to infer the, the subject of what you're talking about this far into the article, it was, I was so frustrated. Give the changes up front, uh, just a summary, at least. I was like, like 10 pages in and I'm scrolling to the bottom to see if I can see the bullet points where, yeah, where the I, policy, and I'm like, what? This is I here. went back through, I went, I got, yeah, some, some like over halfway through the article and was realizing like, you keep referencing the policy changes and talking about them as though you have explained exactly what they are. And I don't recall you having done that. And I had to go back up through the article and see, like, did I miss something? No, you're just making a gross assumption. And it was really upsetting to me. So two, it was um, upsetting to me as well. Two things on that. One, it could he could have had it in there and it could have been a convention of New Media and Society that told him to take it out. It's possible that has happened. Just a thing that we've criticized on the show before. Sure. Uh, and two, I forgot what my second point was. So. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to like dump on the author. I'm just saying that was a a big problem I had with the organization, and the arrangement. And ultimately, if this is the case study 
um, you know, the, he's doing a case study of these policy changes. We don't even get them on, you know, until v- the very, very end. And it's I, all, it almost feels like an afterthought. Yeah. Like there's almost nothing about the aftermath and it's still ongoing. Sure. But like not even any attention to like directions it's going or problems that it's facing. So that that was frustrating for me. Another, I do remember my second point, though, which is that um, like two thirds of the way through the article, he's still saying. And as I argue in this paper, I will argue, blah, blah, blah. My argument, I'm like, quit telling me what your argument is and make the argument. And that's to the point you're saying. It's one of my pet peeves. Do the thing. It was, you know, yeah. So uh, another another quibble um, is that so he he writes, quote, thus, the community guidelines and moderation practices of Twitch cannot be separated from the financial background of the site and those utilizing it, end quote, which is fair, except that like T.L. Taylor points out and he he cites her. Mm -hmm. um, She points out that there's a bunch of reasons people stream. Folks stream for a whole bunch of reasons beyond the financial motivation to do so. So, well, and he yes, doesn't dig moderation... into the specifics of that. I think no. it's more like he's trying to show that it matters, but because it matters monetarily. But for a game community, it, we know it matters. You know, I'm not, I don't. Yeah. Know. So it was it. There was a little bit of kind of a lack of nuance there that that chafed at me. Um, but but bigger and more important than that is a resounding lack of engagement with any literature on public or public spaces. Um, it, it is a, a gross oversight. Do you want to, can we, I don't think I talked about that in my summary at the beginning. Like what, why would he be talking about publics? Cause there's an important point in the article. Yeah. So um, he writes, quote, this is a private corporate entity using the guides of moderation of sexual content in this case as a basis for taking control over a person's private space and right to perform within it, yet bizarrely using the status of publicness as its reasoning. End quote. So what he's referring to is Twitch saying um, using like really broad um, qualifying language about what's appropriate where would you wear spaces, to the mall where what you would wear to the mall uh to to help guide their policy in moderation for what's appropriate attire while streaming from the privacy of your own home and there's a wealth of scholarship on public rhetorics public spaces public spheres yeah. Yeah. just public and when we're getting into the tension between public and private, specifically people who are broadcasting or as Taylor writes, like networked broadcasting mm-hmm. from their, the privacy of their home in a public capacity, that tension needs to be explored through that wealth of, of literature and scholarship. And it's just completely absent. And so I was I was really um, dismayed to see And it's that. certainly not like he had so many citations that he couldn't pack a few more in. He has like five people he cites throughout the whole thing. So there was definitely space for some more bolstering. There's such good work done in that private public thing too. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there, there were things to like though. Um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you talk about some of the things you liked and then I'll, well, I'll I think they'll probably well. be very different than yours. I don't um, okay. do much Twitch. I, I did many years ago and found it to be sort of toxic and 
it was it just wasn't my jam. Yeah. Um, so this this was pretty pretty eye-opening for me. And I think he wrote it in a way that somebody like myself, except for having the actual content, but like I could totally understand his argument. Um, and he gave some the uh, background and things like that. That was really, that were really helpful. Um, the streamer perspectives at the end, I was like, oh, I want more of that. Like, what were the people actually saying? And how are these things actually working? And what are the responses to this? Like there, he, there's just a, a brief glimmer. I'm like, there is so rich there. I would have loved to have more of that. Um, but I thought that was really good. And, it, and like I said, at the beginning, the, the position of using those public facing documents, um, to keep game companies accountable for toxicity. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, I like how he aptly observes the blog post language that blames their missteps mm-hmm. on, on its new non-gaming content rather than on the policy itself. They're like, well, um, you know, the policy has been misapplied, but that's in large part because we've got this new, like just chatting kind of uh, channel uh, mm-hmm. area. And so people are just chatting from hot tubs. And so that's the problem. It's not the policy language. That's not the problem. It's it's the new non-gaming content. Clearly. I, and, and he points that out very succinctly. And I like that. I also like the point that uh, Twitch is, quote, ceding authority to the dominant culture, yes. end quote, by identifying appropriateness as what is suitable for, quote, public street, mall, or restaurant, end quote. So, like, Twitch is abdicating, ceding their responsibility, their authority for explaining what is appropriate by just saying, oh, yeah, whatever is suitable for the public street or, or mall or restaurant, n- like, completely ignoring the fact that what is appropriate in some places of the world yes. um, is totally okay and not others. Like, why? How? Why? What? So yes. that he pointed that out. Smart, smart stuff. There's another great line that I'll read because I don't want to, you know, be. I don't want to be too harsh. I don't want to be a naysayer, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote: The vagueness of what does and does not constitute sexual content leaves room for the type of ideological policing of women's bodies under the broad structures of public good. End quote. Um, and so, yeah. This is about how policy enacts sexism and in a gaming, streaming, broadcasting space. And it's important work. And I like that. I also had some things that made me go, hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm. Oh, so he writes at, at some point, the real anger is about the displacement of financial opportunity. And no. he goes on. But no. I want I stopped right there. I was like, who are you to say what the real anger is? How do you know what the real like? As not if even, the real anger at women the, in the games industry is that we it, might make money. Listen, please. I don't, I don't know what makes him the arbiter of where the real anger comes from, and I don't even want to like be pedantic about real because that gets you know existential and sure. epistemological. But this sentiment smacks of the kind of economic anxiety as a cover for the support of an explicitly racist and misogynistic politician. Like, oh, they're not sexist. They're just angry about potentially losing financial, you know, uh, uh, gains. And it's like, are are you really saying that? That's what they're saying. 
are you buying that? You right. shouldn't be buying that. That's it's patently ridiculous. That is of ridiculous. course, they say that, but that's baloney. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. How is that? And so the the fact that that went underexamined uh, was was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, there was so that that was the kind of and biggest... he does justice to to a lot of the hate and harassment and toxicity towards women and people of color oh, yeah. throughout the article without yep. a doubt. But I agree. This was a, this was a missed point, but you can't, you can't do the, the topic justice by recognizing the harms and then looking at the cause and, and dropping the ball. Yeah. True. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the bottom line for, for this article, Alex? Um, I think, I think you should pick it up. I think there's plenty of people who would have uh, interest and investment in his argument here. Um, but I think you read the beginning and I think you read the end. I, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's a ton. I, I think you read the policy this. language yep. and then you skip right to the conclusion. Yep. Yep. And, I think and that's, you read like Gillespie. <laughs> and there, there are, you definitely read Gillespie and there's some great, there's very good quotes in here. So if you need quotes about this kind of thing, there's plenty of good ones to pull out. I've got there a lot of highlights. Yeah, a lot of highlights for that. But uh, that's that's my bottom line. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening today. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Yay. Featuring Kushona Gray. Very, very, very <gasps> excited. That's what I we have. I love Dr. Gray. I know she's the best. All right, Cody. I will talk to you later. Thanks for having me.